Maybe I'm crazy, but I don't know if the presidential debate is uh, it's really gonna be my thing. I'm too awkward. Maybe I'm crazy, maybe I'm crazy, maybe I'm not. Welcome to the Maybe I'm Crazy Podcast. I'm Joy Taylor. Thank you so much for joining us. Very excited. Very excited. God, Chris Bosch, Miami Heat legend, two-time NBA champion, the big three. Amazing time in my life. Chris Bosch joins us today on the Maybe I'm Crazy Podcast to talk about the Heat in the NBA Finals. We are in the NBA Finals, finals, finals. Mm, mm, mm. You're not in, you're not in. We're in, we're in. That's my excited dance. You have to deal with all of it. Sorry. It's the most amazing thing ever. I mean, we're in the NBA Finals. How, how amazing is that? I'm so excited. Um, we're going to talk to Chris Bosch about the NBA Finals, which I'm very much looking forward to starting this week. Hallelujah. Uh, the whole gang is here, Donnie, T, and Heller, crazy gang, we'll get into all the stuff around the NFL as well, and Culture Report goes off this week, so make sure that you listen to that as well. But let's get started with NBA champion and Miami Heat lifer, Chris Bosh. All right, very, very excited to have NBA legends, Heat legends, Chris Bosh. On the Maybe I'm Crazy podcast, Chris, thank you so much for joining us. It's, it's definitely an honor. Covered you when I was in Miami for uh, the amazing run that you guys went on to the NBA Finals. It's really, uh, it's an honor to have you on. Uh, thank you very much. I'm um, really, really excited to be doing stuff. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's unprecedented times. We were, we were talking a little bit before we started recording. You know, the kids are at home and we're, yeah. we're getting through COVID. But the NBA bubble has been incredible uh as far as i'm concerned i was blown away really by all the leagues and what they've been able to do but the nba bubble was just amazing no yeah absolutely um you definitely have to give credit where credit's due um just just the job so quickly i mean the the layoff in the grand scheme of things wasn't really that long um and with that said they put together you know something that nobody liked at first (laughs) and nobody really thought was going to work but you know, one, when you see the level of competition continue to to thrive and then you see just how passionate the guys are about the game, um, it, it, it all works out. And and of course, it being a bubble, less chances, hopefully, of uh, people getting sick. I mean, to actually pull it off, um, it was a great it's been let me not say it was it's been a great, great thing. And um, I'm excited for the finals. It's been it's been a great season. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm super excited for the finals, <laughs> Miami Heat. There, um, but before we talk about the finals, you have lots of kids. You're a family guy, um, and you know you were in the league for a very long time, so you you're used to obviously playing in front of huge crowds and big moments and the travel and the playoff travel. Uh, and we saw, you know, not every team was really equipped for what the bubble presented as far as the challenges of being away from your family and you know being you know stuck with your teammates all the time and being (laughs) in this you know really super restricted unprecedented environment how do you think that you would have dealt with that oh man I asked my wife um when when everything got pretty much back underway and and guys started training um knowing that they were going you know to the bubble I asked my wife wider way I said you what did you, what do you think? <laughs> would, would, would I be going? And, you know, she said the decision would have been mine, but yeah, I couldn't have seen, I can play without crowds. That's happened before. I think everybody in that, um, that's playing in that situation has been, has been there with, you know, no people in the stands. Um, but you just get, you, you know, you get used to a certain way of doing things. And especially with so many kids, I don't, I don't see how I would have been able to, you know, stay sane. And you see some guys electing uh, to opt out um, as opposed to uh, being away from your family for so long because it's stressful. You know, it's a stressful uh, thing. It's a scenario, uh, stressful every, for everybody. And I think what the guys that are there now, they've been there almost three months, you know. So and that's look, I retired and it was really hard for me to stop moving for three months. So I can't imagine how, how tough it is for the guys doing it now. 
Well, our team, the Miami Heat, did it, and they are in the NBA Finals. Um, I'm thrilled. I know you're excited for them as well. What is, what's unique about this particular Heat team? I think the way they move the ball. Um, I think when we played, you knew where you knew where a lion's share of the productivity was going to come from. With this team, it just seems like everybody's got the green light. Um, you know, I have to give credit to Spo. He's really unlocked that three-point potential. He loved three-pointers back then. Um, but now it just, he seems to have taken it to another level. And of course you have, you know, great shooters like Duncan Robinson and, and Tyler Hero and guys like that, that, you know, you want to give them confidence letting the ball go, but just to see how, just to see how the team is really just playing together. We expect them to be, you know, very tough. We expect them to play hard. We expect them to have that heat way of doing things, you know, making Miami proud, but yeah, this team, they just seem to be just offensively, just in, in every series they've been in, which has been different series. They've been in, in great rhythms, moving the ball, playing together and making plays for one another. And, and it's been really fun to watch. So the, there's been several factors or ties from your time with the Heat till now that still remain, obviously, mainly in Pat Riley and Eric Spolstra. And Eric Spolstra, you know, his – his reputation on the league wasn't always that he was a great coach <laughs> and that, you know, he had Chris Bosh and Dwayne Wade and LeBron James and Pat Riley, you know, why, who couldn't win with them? Um, do you think Spoh's finally getting the recognition he deserves for being a great coach? Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm watching TV and, and I have to laugh because, and, and let me say this, we gave Spo a rough time, which we're <laughs> players, you're supposed to. You're supposed to give your uh, coaches a rough time, but yeah, he did, you know, get some, um, you know, unfair criticisms um, in the media. Sometimes you feel like you're not allowed to grow into your position, but regardless, um, you know, he stayed consistent in what he's done. You can see the growth in him as a coach. And now, I mean, you know, everybody's like, Oh, he's the best coach in the NBA. He's the best coach in it. And it's, and it's crazy hearing that because I remember when, you know, one, I mean, he was getting flack on both ends, you know, one, you know, guys like me wanting the ball more and we need to run this offense. And then, you know, others, you know, saying that you're not good enough and you should be replaced. Regardless of all that, he continued to, um, you know, just do well. And even with the praise, I can tell you for sure, Spo is going to go right back to work tomorrow. That's just what he does highs, lows, he's going to be in the office. He's going to be taking care of his family. You know, he's going to be doing those incremental things, you know, to, uh, to make a great, uh, make a great situation. And he's a big part of the, the heat culture. And we keep talking about heat culture, which, you know, if you're around the heat organization, you know what that means. And people throw the term culture around a lot. Like, oh, they have good culture, they have good culture. Right. But heat culture is very specific. Um, because the city of Miami is so unique and they don't, when you think of Miami, you don't think of like blue collar and, you know, regular people and hard work. Like that's not the reputation of Miami, even though that yeah. is really what Miami is made of. You know, like, sure. South Beach is a very small part and you guys are sure. playing South Beach. It's downtown Miami. <laughs> um, but the heat culture is, you know, it really is a representation of Miami. How would you explain heat culture to someone? Well, I mean, you know, they have the mottos. Um, what is it? Hardworking and most physical condition, you know, all that stuff. Um, really, yeah, it's just what you put into your craft. Work hard. Um, you know, putting uh, having a family first, a team first mentality, um, and and working hard and doing all the hard things that no one wants to do. Um, I think automatically when you do that in life and basketball, whatever, that's going to separate you. Uh, from a lot of people. So just bringing that approach, it, it, it puts you in a different landscape as a team, as an organization, and as a winner. And despite what happens, I mean, I think I was uh, talking to someone earlier and we were just kind of just marveling at how, you know, three years ago, it wasn't looking too good. You know, um, no disrespect to any of the guys on the team, but the record, the records weren't strong. Dwayne was gone, Big Three gone, you know, it's just crazy. It, it, it was kind of like some dark days over Miami a little bit. But 
you know, just persevering, sticking with the hard times and really just, let's say, doing your work, doing their job every day. That'll that'll always keep you in the conversation. And I mean, I'm surprised they're in the finals. I'm not going to lie to you. But then again, I'm not surprised because it's like one of those situations. If you lock anyone in there with the heat, boy, even if you do beat them, it's going to be a tough series and you're going to walk out of there with some lumps, you know? <laughs> yeah. And a big part of establishing that kind of mentality is the godfather, Ty Riley, <laughs> who, you know, he said himself, you know, you gotta, you gotta stick with it when it's tough. You know, you can't sure. fail. You gotta have, you gotta have some guts. For sure. And there was a lot of questions about the heat. Like you said, how, how much of a role does Pat Riley play in setting the tone for the whole organization? Oh, he, he, he sets the tone. I think it starts with him. Um, you know, it's funny, I'm hearing the Godfather thing a lot. I think, you know, it's finally sticking now. He got, he got the gray slick back now. <laughs> He's got the look. <laughs> but it's just, yeah, it starts with Pat. And I mean, you know, I've, I've had the honor of having conversations and dinners and lunches with him and I mean, it just, he, he's so passionate about one, being great and two, the game of basketball and his family, you know, those, those three things, I mean, he cares deeply, deeply about, and, you know, it trickles down and, you know, the no nonsense approach, you know, uh, uh, the professional approach, laying the grounds for the expectations for everyone. That's like, a lot of the the things that he brings that a lot of people don't get to see. And so in order for the organization to thrive, he comes in with that attitude every day. I mean, he doesn't have to come into the office. He's always in the office. He's in the bubble. He doesn't have to be in the bubble. You know, he doesn't have to do anything. But yet and still, he continues to aspire to, to find that next thing and, and he keeps growing. So, you know, I, I admire him greatly and, um, just just what he's done overall. I mean, he's he's the GOAT, man. <laughs> yes. I, I mean, I'm like, I'm a Pat Riley zealot. I love Pat Riley. Um, well, Pat Riley was, you know, the, the creator of the big three, yourself, Wade, and LeBron. He constructed that, and now the Heat are going up against LeBron. I'm not going to lie. I was a little bit petty when LeBron left, but it was only because he went back to Cleveland. <laughs> It's just because it's, it's being competitive. That's okay. It's being competitive. Yeah, but I've forgiven him now that he's in now that he's in LA uh, because you know he's just 17 years. This is unbelievable what he's doing, and I didn't want to be that person that is watching you know the ends of one of the greatest to ever play this game and still be mad about you know some old <laughs> stuff. Now I'm a petty person, so it was difficult for me. But <laughs> I'm looking forward to this series. I mean, what are you, when you're watching LeBron, obviously you play with him, you know him very well. What are you seeing in his game now in his 17th season? Well, I mean, you know, he's starting to defer more, um, you know, allowing the team to kind of take on its own uh, personality. Not that he didn't before, but it just morphs. I've watched him play all season and it's changed a few times. They definitely go in through AD quite a bit. You know, they're they're going to make him a problem you have to deal with. And then, you know, they play from there. But just the fact that he was able, he led the league in assists. Um, you know, the fact that he was able to do that, I'm not going to say at that age, because that's always just an easy thing for people to say. I'm just going to say he's, he's been playing basketball and he's, you know, redefined his position. You know, we always use that term reinvention um, with the heat a lot. But that's what he's doing. You know, he's reinvented his game just a little bit. Um, uh, he's accomplished another challenge, which is leading the league and assists, which is, you know, crazy. I mean, he's always been a great passer, but just his control, his patience. You can tell he's getting to that point in his career where, you know, like Ali, even Mayweather, it's like a lot of defense, a lot of, a lot of rope-a-dope. And then, you know, if you let him hit you, that's not going to be a good thing. So... Just, just them getting into their system, playing, moving the ball, distributing, and, and not really rushing. That's kind of been the um, the the most impressive thing uh, I've seen from him this year. So no one expected the Heat to be in the finals, obviously, except for the Heat. And, <laughs> uh, the, you know, the Lakers are supposed to be there. They've got LeBron and AD, and they were at the top of the West. And 
you know, what they've done in the bubble has been impressive, but they're supposed to be there, the heat of the underdogs. Right. What will the heat have to do in this series to, to win a championship? Well, um, you know, of course we can say all the easy things, take one game and one possession at a time and all those cliches, which is true. But one thing you can't do is, you know, allow AD to have a series like he did in, in really the past three series. He's going to get his points. Um, but a guy like that, when he's shooting 50% from the field and LeBron is throwing lobs to him and they're playing patty cake down low with the, with the lobs, that's not a good position to put yourself in. Um, you definitely want to contain him. You want to get back. The Lakers are extremely fast. Um, in, in the open court. So you want to mitigate uh, their fast break opportunities and really, you know, I think slow the game down. Not, not, you know, I use that term loosely, but yeah, slow the game down, run your sets, make AD and LeBron work. You know, they've got to do it on both ends um, and you got to find a way to wear them down because if they're fresh going into that fourth quarter, you know, that's not going to be good. And you can't let Rondo go Rondo. Rondo is always just in the weeds. You know, he's like in that perfect position to where you, I don't know how people forget about him and he'll have that one game where he, or that one series where he just goes Rondo and he's unstoppable and he's out there just being a savant the way, you know, like he is usually with the ball. So you, you definitely want to be aware of, of them, give them limited second chance opportunities, but you know, go out there and, and, and play hard, fight them and, and make every game close and, and try to win it in the end. It feels like everyone, every member of this Heat team has had a, a game or just a moment, Tyler Hero, Dragic, but obviously Butler, Jimmy Butler, you know, he didn't really have the best reputation around the league with fans and, and you know, analysts before he came to the Heat. <laughs> but the Heat are a, a place where, you know, villains can thrive and because <laughs> you really don't mind being the villains. Yeah. I mean, you guys were the most hated. Uh, <laughs> I mean, like, I can't even think, I can't even think of another team that got more hate and criticism than the big three during your time in Miami. Like it was insane to me. The entire country just hated Miami. <laughs> place everyone used to want to go vacation. Now. <laughs> right. But Jimmy has completely uh, embraced Miami. Miami has embraced him. How big is it of a factor is he going to be in this series? He's, he's going to be a huge factor. And what I would like to see from him is, is being more aggressive. I think he's going to have to be more aggressive. Um, you know, I know sometimes he likes to, uh, be patient with the game. I think in this series, he can't be patient. You know, there's no time, you know, it's four more wins to a championship. Um, he's got to insert himself very, very early and very often. Um, you know, he's going to be, he's, he's going to have to be that guy that they need him to be and that guy who he says he is. Um, so, you know, and, and if we're talking about, you know, confidence, Jimmy has no problem with confidence. You know, I'm not worried about that part, but you know, just him as a leader, you know, he's going to be vocal, you know, he's going to be uh, emotional in a good way. He just has to, I would really like to see him assert himself even more. I mean, like go overboard a little bit, because uh, I think it'll be, you know, I think it'll be necessary. But, you know, he's going to play his game, he's going to play within himself. And, you know, even if he is playing aggressive, it's always in a, in, in a team first way. So, you know, that, that's another one of the things If Miami wants to win the series. Man, Jim with Jimmy Buckets, so they call him Jimmy Buckets. Boy, Jimmy Buckets, he he's got to do his thing. There's a lot of storylines in this in this finals <laughs> matchup, but to me, the one that sticks out the most is one because I'm petty, but two because you know I love Pat Riley. Is, <laughs> is there is there any? I mean, you're around the organization, and you you obviously were there when all this happened. Do you think there's any lingering animosity or maybe animosity is too aggressive of a word, but between <laughs> uh, Pat and LeBron? No, I don't think there's any animosity. I mean, um, you know, for, for one, there's great respect on both sides. Um, you know, two, you know, I've had conversation on both sides. Trust me, there's no animosity. Uh, but at the end of the day, that doesn't take your want to win away. Um, yeah, does it make a little sweeter if it's a win against Le the LeBron James-led Lakers? Yeah, of course. That's a, 
that's a little sweeter. And yeah, if I can, you know, go toe to toe with with one of the great organizations and led by Pat Riley for sure, that's uh, uh that's a pretty sweet win. You know, the finals is always going to be that kind of landscape for uh, uh, those kind of ideas to play out. But you know, all in all, you know, it's nothing but love um, and competition, and and you know, that's that's one of the best parts you know, about basketball, you can leave and go and come and do whatever you want. But at the end of the day, um, it's between the lines and it's going to be up to the players. You know, the, all of them has worked up. Uh, they've worked up to this point in the season to get here. And you just got to toss the ball up and let it go. Let all those emotions go. So we'll see what happens. So you went to four straight finals with the Heat. The finals obviously are different level of competition than even the rest of the playoffs I imagine can you think of a moment in that time with the big three where you just you saw the difference in intensity like you know you saw LeBron go off or Wade said something in the huddle or you yourself where there was just like okay we are this is it (laughs) like we're fighting for a championship right now this is different than anything else I've experienced well unfortunately that happened to me when we lost game two against dallas back in you know in 2011 that's when it got real it was all the fun stuff oh when it's like you know taking it to another level and you know the team getting more hype and the fans getting more reactive and the the pressure turning up that's one thing but when you lose a game losing a finals game that's that's the smack in the face so you know that was kind of um (laughs) that was kind of the thing that really made you realize like, oh, okay, yeah, this is, this is extremely hard. And I mean, I, I would say my first road game, that was kind of, which they don't, you know, these guys here, they don't have to worry about. This is going to be hard all the time. Right. But the, the road uh, was a very, very different atmosphere. Trying to win a finals game on the road, extremely difficult. Um, but that was kind of the things that kind of put me back in my skin. Unfortunately, no, no cool stories on that one. I <laughs> bet. <laughs> <laughs> You know, <laughs> when you guys first came together, the moment I knew it was gonna be it was gonna be some uh, some heat, for lack of a better term, no pun intended, on you guys was when um, you had the the big press conference. So not one, not two, not three. Yeah. I remember. I remember watching that. Like, oh my! God. <laughs> <laughs> like people are. Gonna be- so mad at this. Did you, did yeah. you notice that it, it ratcheted up a little bit? The hate ratcheted up a little bit after that press conference? Yeah, like two days later. I didn't know until two days later. Before that, I was straight. You know, we were having fun. You saw how much fun we were having. You know, we weren't thinking about anything. <laughs> but, you know, we were just totally in the moment, just having fun. But, yeah, after the smoke cleared, yeah, about two days later, you know, I start watching TV again and, you know, you come back down to planet Earth and, you know, you got to get ready for the season. And yeah, that's when I noticed. I said, oh, yeah, that, that didn't go over too well. People didn't <laughs> like that one. <laughs> oh, my God. It was great, though. I loved every second of it. And you guys got the last laugh. Got to love here. it. You got to love it. It was a good time. It was. Um, so tell <laughs> us a little bit before you go about your newsletter. Yeah, I'm writing, uh, I've been writing a newsletter, um, you know, weekly newsletter for uh, those that love stories. Um, you know, it started off kind of uh, uh, as me kind of crying, you know, telling the the story about us and the Spurs, but I got through it so quick. Um, and yeah, I'm not going as many places anymore. Um, I went ahead and, you know, continued the story and we've been working with a great team and, um it's, it's just, you know, stories and insights from, you know, my reflection, of, you know, getting uh, getting further removed from the game. So, you know, remembering these lessons, remembering these stories and stuff like that, um, that I think that people, you know, will find, uh, you know, one amazing and two that you might get something from it. So, you know, it's, uh, it's a work in progress and I'm really, really excited about it. And it's called The Last Chip. Where can people yes. find the newsletter? The Last Chip at thelastchip.com. Subscribe. Shoot, you got to do the rest. We send you an email. It's free. <laughs> or there is a premium option. Perfect. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for coming <laughs> on, Chris. It's really, like I said, it's an honor. Uh, it, was, it was pretty much the beginning of my professional career in Miami with you guys. Um, so it's good memories. I was watching the uh, a YouTube video of the 2013 parade 
down Biscayne Boulevard. It was good times. Good one. That was a good one. Yeah, it was hot that <laughs> day, but one. it was a good one. Well, thanks again, Chris. Make sure you check out thelastchip.com and subscribe to Chris's newsletter. Enjoy the finals, um, and let's go heat. Go heat. What up, Heller? Oh my God, the pod room. I'm in the room. Can you tell? Can you hear my chair squeaking? Oh, I got I'm, the squeaky chair. So I missed that squeaky chair. Yeah, right. Look how beautiful it is. Yeah, we got our we got our material back here still with our plays. Heater back in the finals, Joy. So I mean, it's it's only right that we show the. Miami right there, you know what I'm saying? I know. How exciting. And, and we talked to Chris Bosch today. He's the maker Woo! of that that beautiful play, that beautiful game. What a what a world. Well, I'm glad, you know, the podcast room is still somewhat intact. It's exciting. Yeah, there's a bunch of crap in here, but uh our lockers are still here and the vibe is still decent. I still feel it. So <laughs> Uh good. I'm glad it's still somewhat in place. Um all right, what are we winning, winning or quitting today? All right, let's get into it. Um, the Chiefs and Ravens matchup on Monday Night Football had game of the year potential. Unfortunately for the Ravens, they fell behind early, and it wasn't nearly as compelling of a game as we all would have hoped. Mahomes balled out, throwing a TD to his tackle and flipping another to his fullback, uh, and some to wide receivers, but that's besides the point. Meanwhile, uh, Lamar Jackson had less than 100 yards passing and seemed like he was sort of frustrated and having a conversation with himself from the first quarter on. Joy, uh, Mahomes and the Chiefs reasserted themselves as the best team in the AFC last night. Win it or quit it? Win it. They were unbelievable. And as Lamar Jackson said, they are just, they're kryptonite. Like, the Bravens can- I'd be on that straight up on that, I'd be on that kryptonite. I'd be on that kryptonite, straight up on that kryptonite. Yeah, and Patrick Mahomes is is also having the best 2020 out of all of us. First of all, he won the Super Bowl, Super Bowl MVP, bought yep. into the Royals, got engaged the night he got his Super Bowl ring, and literally mm-hmm. just announced a few moments ago, they're having a baby. So he is just running 2020. Oh, yeah. Baby Mahomes on the way wow. with the picture of the sonogram and everything. So congrats wow. to Patrick and Brittany. A little one on the way. Having a, the best 2020 you could ever imagine. You guys and MJ Acosta killing 2020. Yeah, I mean, right. yeah. who cares just about then. a pandemic? Just just yeah. running the world. Uh, it's, they want to just live. Yeah, it's uh, it's amazing. I, I don't know what to say about the Chiefs at this point. They just continue to level up. He looked yeah. like, you know, Peter King called him Michael Jordan on the herd earlier. I didn't even get offended. I'm like, yeah, man, he just he looks amazing. Like he's got to win five more no, championships. But He's Braun in more to me than he is MJ in, but whatever. I don't know. I just think he's just on a whole nother level universe than anyone else playing football right now even russell wilson who's going to be the mvp this year he just right. does whatever he wants he does little bread basket tosses and this and that and <laughs> the 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 fake jump throw spin I mean, out he's, was he's crazy. out here like like voguing on <laughs> oh yeah what's that what's the thing that you hit at the end that looks super painful on your knee that move is tight uh, the split yeah is it just a split <laughs> oh, you mean like the, the fake split? Like not yeah, the full where, split. Where like where you like die out? What's that? Yeah, thing I, I know what you're talking about. I can't do it either. Uh, death drop. That's the death, death drop, Joy. Yeah. No big deal. I know my voguing. It's a death yeah. drop. Don't worry about it. Uh, I, I love, love Pose, by the way. Fabulous show. Um, right, yeah, I mean, he's he's out here voguing on him, and I'm not mad at it. And I just, I think, I think the Chiefs are just a level above everybody else. I don't know what to say about it, but and I I don't want to get too crazy reacting to Monday Night Football because we did this last week with the Saints. Look, all the Raiders. Yeah. The Las Vegas Raiders. Vegas. We get crazy over Monday Night Football, but they looked spectacular. And it's and while I will say the gross overreaction to the Raiders and the Saints of last week. The Ravens and the Chiefs are the two best teams in the league, and the Chiefs made the Ravens look crazy. Like, I mean, that yeah. stat line by Lamar Jackson was it's the worst of his ca- career so far. 
So I, I don't I don't know what to make of it as far as as far as the Ravens go. I don't think we should look too far into it because they they're going to beat the Washington football team by 45 points next week. Okay, they're just it just whatever the spread is, take it, eat all the points because they're playing yeah. Washington next week. Dwayne Askins threw three interceptions last week, not against the Ravens. They are going to come off this Monday Night Football embarrassment full steam ahead. So that's going to be uh, that's going to be rough it's gonna be a rough weekend for the washington football team yeah yeah so i'm not gonna go crazy on the ravens but i do think patrick mahomes and the chiefs are just playing at another level and 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 you're talking about a super bowl hangover obviously unfortunately for your 49ers it's looking like a little bit more but that's mostly due to injuries right right yeah yeah whereas the chiefs you know andy Reid talked about this and it's kind of an interesting mentality normally when you win the super bowl you just go out and live your best life for a year because why wouldn't you i mean I live my best life normally and I didn't just win a Super Bowl. So right. yes, you're going to go out and do commercials. You're going to go do appearances. You're going to travel the right. world. Like you're going to be living a champagne life until the season starts. And you're just, you're just in a different air about you. You're a Super Bowl champ. You don't have to work as hard. And Nothing. the Chiefs didn't get to do that this year because they nope. won the Super Bowl as you know, yep. we were there celebrating in, in, in Miami Beach. And then, uh, like, I don't know, three weeks later, the whole world shut down. So shut. they didn't really get an opportunity to get drunk enough to have a hangover. Right. They look great. So I don't know yeah, I don't know who's going to take them down in the playoffs. Uh, they're not scared to play, play from behind. It just seems right. like they can just do whatever they want once they get once they get rolling. And that's the one concerning thing I will say about the Ravens. It's kind of becoming a pattern that they cannot play yeah, from behind. I and it's super yeah. concerning. Like Lamar Jackson's incredible, obviously league MVP, but that playing from behind thing is gonna is gonna happen, and you got to be able to do that. So right. I, that's that's the next step for Lamar Jackson in his in his development. I mean, he had some some rough drops yesterday. You know, some people didn't help him out, but yeah, you gotta you gotta yep. be able to play from behind and and play well from behind. Yep. So. Yep. Mark Andrews definitely left some both real and fantasy points on the table, but that's, that's, that's besides the point. I think that's a great point that you made about them sort of that being, you know, the, that being their Achilles heel, if anything, is that if when they, when they see that lead in front of them, they get wide eyed and they start trying to change the game plan and it's not working. Um, and to a certain degree, you know, Andy Reed also is dominating John Harbaugh in that, in that same regard. But you mentioned my Niners earlier and what I was really excited about with the Niners this year was the continuity I thought, man, we it's the same squad, more time to gel, Jimmy's knees only getting healthier, and then the injury bug hit. And now, I mean, I think we're going to come back and be competitive, but it's, you know, you see the Chiefs and you see the Packers showing that continuity that, you know, you hope that the Niners would have, um, but there's still time. There's still time. There's All still right. time, yeah. Yeah. All right, let's move on to Sam Darnold. Once the apple of your intrepid radio co-host Colin Cowherd's eye, Donald threw two pick sixes last week. It was jarring. He threw two pick sixes last week uh, in, in route to the Jets' third straight loss to start this season. Wayward head coach Adam Gase says he won't bench Darnold, but will Gase even be around to tell that story? Who knows? Joy, Trevor Lawrence will be a New York Jet next season. Win it or quit it? I think I gotta win it at this point. Crazy. <laughs> Here's the thing. It is crazy. That's wild to say. But they're terrible. So at this point, both the New York teams are the worst teams in the league. Right. I mean, who's fighting for third? And they got the worst turf in the field because it took out like five Niner ACLs. Yeah. yeah. No one likes playing in my life. Right. The The problem with like whoever gets this number one pick, right? Like say it's the Giants. Do you bail on Daniel Jones? Uh, what's their What's their coach's name? I'm blanking right now. Um, Joe Judge. Judge. Joe not Judge. Judge. Joe Judge uh, is going to be in his second year. Is he Is he in on Trevor Lawrence? If you have the number one pick, do you have an option to be out on Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields for that matter? Because Daniel Jones is not going to look great this year. He doesn't have Saquon. They're They're not a good team. And that's the New York football giants. Now, if the Jets get the number one overall pick, they're kind of in a different situation because Sam Darnold is better than Daniel Jones. But like you said, I don't think Adam Gase is going to be there. They're not going right. to bench Sam Darnold because why the hell would you bench Sam Darnold? For who? Yeah. Joe Flacco was still injured. And I think their other backup is like Mike White, who's never played an NFL snap. 
and was like a fifth round pick in 2018. So good luck with that. What's the what's, right, he's... what's the point? Of course you let Sam Darnold finish the season. You might as well see exactly what you have in him. And he's going to get to prove whether he can carry a team or not because everyone is injured. All of his right. offensive pieces are injured. He's got three receivers right. injured and Le'Veon Bell. So what, what do you really expect from him? Now, obviously, he needs to not throw two pick sixes. He's certainly regressed. But to your question, you take Trevor Lawrence. If you're either of these New York teams, I don't know how you don't take Trevor Lawrence. Mm -hmm. Unless Sam Darnold turns out to carry this team to, like, some wins at some point and show some promise. Because Adam Gase is definitely gone. If they lose on Thursday, it's a wrap. Like, I'm sorry. He's You have to be able to beat the Broncos with Jeff Jeff Driscoll or whoever else they put out there. Okay? Drew Locke, different situation. But they're injured, too. There is another yeah, injury this weekend. Like, no. Like, you got to be able to – You have if you're going to save your job, you have to beat the Broncos. That is a winnable game for you. And I'm not saying that the Broncos – like, the Broncos shouldn't lose that game either. <laughs> so, like, either one of these teams is not a good look if you lose. If you lose. But it's worse for the Jets than it is for the Broncos. Broncos yeah. are not fully in panic mode because Drew Locke is hurt. I don't know how you don't – take trevor lawrence because even if you could get a haul for trevor lawrence right like even if you're like we still like sam darnold we could get a haul for him which right. you could if he turns out to be what everyone thinks he's gonna be how do you how does your fan base live with you like how how is that not yeah. like the 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 biggest flub of like, how, like, what could you possibly get that would make it work? Now, in reality, it's probably worth it. Like, whatever you could get have gotten for Joe Burrow this year, like, it's probably worth it. You'd be able to retool your entire team. You would get an insane amount of picks, right? Like, you're going to get a haul for Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. And it's probably actually more logical. But, like, fans aren't interested in logic. No. It's New York City. How do you not take Trevor Lawrence? Or Justin Fields, for that matter. Uh, I, I, I think those teams are going to be in a really tough position. Because Daniel Jones is obviously easier to move off of than – Sam Darnold, even though it's he probably needs more time and more structure and less injuries. Right, he's both of them younger, do. Right, he's he's had less time in the league, so I'm more inclined. It's closer for me than I thought it was going to be. I thought for sure I would want Sam Darnold, but now that I'm sitting here thinking about it, you know, Sam Darnold a year ahead and still looking not so good isn't necessarily more appealing than Daniel Jones. I think the other thing that both of those guys have working against them now is the Josh Rosen precedent. Is like Josh Rosen is on the practice squad of the Saints now, I think. Or no, no, of the Bucks. Josh Rosen is a practice squad player on the Bucks, having basically been cut from two teams now. And the, his replacement, Kyler Murray, is balling. 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 So they swapped the coach out. Steve Wilkes took that fall. And boom, bang, boom, uh, Josh Rosen is floating in the ether. And so I think, you know, that's certainly on the – I mean, uh, Sam Donald's from the same draft – Daniel Jones is a year or two after, so it's it's available. It's not I know, that People crazy. are bailing on, on quarterbacks quicker than ever. Uh, I mean, Baker is in that position. He's got to right. get something done this year. Baker, and, and, year. and listen, I'm not mad at teams for doing it. At first, I was like, man, that's really quick to, to, to bounce on Josh Rosen like that. Like, you didn't even really see what he could do. Kyler Murray's awesome. And that's – listen, yeah, yeah, I, I think Josh yeah. Rosen got a really unfair deal. Right. And unfortunately, your first, where you land in the first three years of wherever you are as a quarterback in this league is right. going to determine your career. Right. That's why I'm nervous uh, for Joe Burrow. But that, that, that them's the breaks. That's how it goes. Like yep. that's that's just what the league is. Like like it or not, that's how it goes. And guys are coming into the league these these young quarterbacks ready to play like we've never seen before. Yep. So I, I don't know how you don't have the guts to do that. It's just like it's probably the smarter move to make a trade back, but I, and stick with Sam Darnold. I don't know about Daniel Jones, but man, they're going to be in a pickle if they get the top pick, which is what they are. Right. They are fast. They are running full speed for that number one pick. Both of those teams, which is a tragedy, because right. I mean, man, New York football being in the state that it is, is just got to be right. horrible. Right, like, like they're, they're going to kill you with those headlines, and you know, the last time. The last time the Jets were great, as far as I'm I'm concerned, is when Joe uh, Broadway Joe was there. So give me give me Trevor Lawrence, give me that swag, and let's go. Like you could talk about the Mark Sanchez years, but this ain't that. So I mean, yeah, but With like that, those were great teams though. Those Mark Sanchez years, like right. Mark They're, Sanchez, they don't, have, they don't have any of that. They don't yeah, have any of so that like it, whatever you can say, whatever you want about Mark Sanchez, but at the end of the day, they're in the AFC Championship game. Jets haven't sniffed that. 
So, right. you, and, and that's part of the reason why Gase has got to go, honestly, to me. And I'm not a huge, like, fire everybody person, but he doesn't fit the Jets' culture. Like, Jets are a, a flashy, loud, brash. Right. Like, Ryan. Rex Ryan was the Jets. And you can think whatever you want about Rex Ryan, but, like, he had some success there. And, again, had a good team, but the Jets yeah. had some players, and they're no longer there anymore because nobody can seem to get along with this guy. So... You couldn't stop telling me about what a great coach he was when he was leaving Miami, and I couldn't wait to tell you that is not the case. So, <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, we'll whatever. Case. It's a, it's a, it's a disaster, and he's 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 coaching for his life on Thursday. Like that's that's just what it is. Yeah, that's at least we got something to watch then. <laughs> Someone yeah. coaching for their life. Oh, there's that big game, impl- there's betting. big implications <laughs> Thursday night football right, game. Yeah. Broncos uh, right. Jets, similar to last week with the Dolphins Jags, like it really wasn't about the Dolphins and the Jags. It was really about like what happens if either of these teams lose this game. Like if the Dolphins lost, it's two a time, a thousand percent. Like every, that's all anyone's gonna be able to talk about, but they didn't. And now it's like, eh, the Jags, it was a little sketchy. I don't know, right. we react too much to Gardner Minshew. Right. Cause sometimes the games aren't actually about who's in the game right there right. at that moment. <laughs> and more about like, what's gonna happen if either of these teams end up in a disaster at the end of the night. And that's that's really what you're watching for to see if Adam Dace is gonna be coaching there next year. Cause that's, that's where it starts. It doesn't get any easier for you from there. Right, we'll learn, we'll learn some stuff from this Thursday night. Last Thursday night, we learned that magic is better than mania. And beards are better than mustaches. Um, so we'll see what we learn this time. Um, I learned a lot. I think you killed this segment. So I think now there's only one thing left to do in the immortal words of Rex Ryan. Now let's go get a fucking snack. I'm so hungry. So true. <laughs> let's let's go. go. I haven't eaten lunch yet. I'm definitely down for a snack. Bye, podcast yeah, what are room. Me? I miss you. What's up, Donnie? What's, oh, I don't know why I can't talk today. What's up, Donnie? <laughs> what am I? I I'm not, this is not what to put it. I'm going to get it together. What's uh, up, yep, Donnie? <laughs> What's up, Donnie? What's going on in high key, low key? I like the shirt, by the way. Uh, thank you. Appreciate it. Uh, high key, the Packers are looking pretty good. They're 3 and 0. They've scored 35 points in all three wins. And you could make the argument that they're the team to beat in the NFC. Low key, Joy, you had Green Bay missing the playoffs in your preseason predictions. Do you want to go ahead and make an amendment on that, or are you sticking by your guns? So I, I allowed myself two in-season amendments. My my That's first right. one was that Drew Brees is not going to win the MVP. It's going to be Russell Wilson. And ah, it's so early. Want to use up that second amendment? Yeah, I think I'm going to go ahead and do that. Yeah, uh, now, good. I, I still think that the Saints are going to be fine. Michael Thomas is probably back this week. I know. I think everyone's grossly over-exaggerating Drew Brees' ability to throw it downfield. Uh, okay. Like, yeah. I, I'm going to still stick with them as my pick in the NFC for now. But, yeah, I was really wrong about the Packers. And it's not because – because Packers fans are trying to come in my head like, keep that same energy, bleh. First of all, it's just predictions. Like, no one actually cares about what anyone predicts. Like, if you do, like, yeah. find some more stuff in your day. We're all just saying what we think is going to happen, and we don't know. And especially not in this yeah. year. And that's not excuses. Whatever. If you want to be mad about it, that's fine, too. All I'm saying is there was a lot going on in Green Bay in the offseason this year. A lot. Okay? And I was fully in on Green Bay. I never bailed on Green Bay last year. And they were in the NFC yeah. Championship game. And people were still saying they were terrible while they were in the NFC Championship game, which made no sense to yeah. me, all right? Because I don't like the game in the draft. Yeah, like they had a great season. And I think they're going to be yeah. – they're clearly – like they're 3-0 and and they're playing amazing. It's not that I thought Aaron Rodgers was going to be terrible. I just didn't think that they had enough around them. Well, look, Devontae Adams is, ba- is you know banged up a little bit. We'll see what's going to happen for the rest of the season. But they are they definitely look great, and I was definitely yeah. wrong about how they were going to start the season. Uh, so I think I'm gonna have to use my other amendment on it, on them. I and, and also uh, like the Vikings. What, what's going? What happens? Like what? What happens? And listen, yeah. I don't like Kirk Cousins, and I never have. Other than you know, he should definitely give everyone financial advice because he is super good at making money. He got it figured out. Yeah, so good at making money. But <laughs> other than that, I don't really like anything else about him as far as a, a quarterback goes. So. Yeah, that was the rest of the team I was counting on in that situation. I was very wrong, and I do think the Packers are going to make the playoffs this year. Yeah. All right. High key. Week three is in the books, and one and two Washington sits atop the NFC East still, alongside the one and two Cowboys. 
But the rest of the division is winless. So that's four teams and two wins. Low-key, it's possible that the NFC East champ this year ends up having a losing record. Shame. Shame. Oh, my God. Such shame. (laughs) It's pretty bad. It's such shame. It's such an embarrassment, too, because, I mean, these are premier organizations, other than Washington, Mm -hmm. obviously. Premier organizations in the NFL. I mean, you're talking about uh, all of them. Super Bowl organizations, uh, legendary uh, coaches, Hall of Famers at, at every position. I mean, the New York football giants, the Dallas Cowboys, the Philadelphia Eagles. Now you can call them a Super Bowl organization. They finally got one. And the Washington football team, right? And like, what a disaster. Now, look, in all fairness, nobody expected anything from the Giants this year. Now we didn't expect this. And Saquon Barkley is obviously injured. So there are some factors playing into this. But they're a disaster. The Eagles, I'd say the Eagles for last, actually. Yeah. The Washington football team, I didn't expect too much from either, but they actually have a, a really good defense. Like, they are playing amazing on the defensive side of the ball. Dwayne Haskins is what he is, so yeah. I don't think there's anything to overreact to there. They, they had a, a nice win week one, and, you know, they're going to be what they are this season. So, so those two, like, it's not too much of a shock that they're not great. The Cowboys, the only reason that, that you have that win against the Falcons is because it's the Falcons. Like, any other team is not blowing that lead. And we're talking about you as a complete disaster to start the season. So I, I don't even want to get played too much into, into that situation with the Cowboys. The Eagles, on the other hand. My goodness. What, <laughs> what the hell happened? What's happening? They play to tie the game. You play, you, you to, play tie the... to tie the game. First of all, <laughs> I hate ties. I hate. Hear me? Hate ties. They've got to do Get something about it. It's the worst. So you're just wasting yeah. my whole day. You wasted my whole day. Yeah. Somebody's got to lose, all right? Time. There's losers and there's started. winners. There's losers and there's winners. This is America. That's all we know. Losing and winning. That's it. There's, <laughs> there's no, no in, between. in between, okay? We've got this side and we've got this side. We don't, we're not interested no in independence. No we're, yeah. we're, we're not interested in any kind of reason, all right? There is losing <laughs> and winning. I don't know what this tie business is, so I hate that. Uh, but if you're the Eagles... That's an L. I don't know. Like, that's a that's a win for the Bengals and an L for the Eagles, okay? And I don't care that you're a half game back in this tragedy of a uh, division, okay? There's nothing to be proud of. So, so yeah, you're, like, no you're, like, not as bad All as shame. the worst losers. Like, you, you, this, it, the whole thing is a disaster. I don't know what's yeah. going on with Carson Wentz. Now, that said, uh, Doug Peterson was asked by Philly, someone in Philly radio, someone in Philadelphia, uh, if they're going to bench Carson Wentz. And, I mean, if you guys don't calm down. Right, <laughs> calm the hell. No, nah, there's no such thing as calm. You, you would you expect anything less? There's got to be like a uh, backup quarterback uh, shouts. And that always happens. That's that's Listen, expected. They have there's Jalen no Hurts, thing as- right? So they're like, oh, maybe yeah. Jalen Hurts can come out there and do something. He's not okay. He's not. Yeah. Carson Wentz dragged you guys to the playoffs last year. He was in an MVP conversation the year before that when he got injured. Just relax, okay? You got to be a little more patient than that. I understand we live in a microwave society where everything is three mm-hmm. seconds away. You can order something and it's at your door in an hour, all right? But this is real life. Like TikTok. Okay, this is, yeah, yeah this, is, this, is not, this is not the same situation. You got to be a little more patient than that, okay? And just, just, calm, just calm down. I know it's a disaster, but you can't bail on Carson Wentz after three bad games. I mean, yeah. you get to five or six or seven, then we can start having that conversation. But right now, you guys need to calm down. It's, it's low-key. It's low-key disrespectful. It's low-key disrespectful, and it's ungrateful. Like, it's like oh, yeah. it's ungrateful. And I don't like ungrateful fan bases. And I'm not saying all Eagles fans are, are doing this, because I don't think that all, all Eagles fans agree with this nonsense idea of benching Carson Wentz for Jalen Hurts. But, I mean, just relax, please. There are fan bases out there who would love to have part of these Carson Wentz problems. Just chill out. Yes. Many, 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 many teams. Okay. High key. Let's check in. Speaking of Jalen Hurts, let's check in with the rookie quarterbacks real quick. So Justin Herbert, a botched play away from career win number one. Joe Burrow, he got career tie number one, which we just (laughs) talked about. Jalen Hurts, he made his NFL debut a couple snaps. And Tua, he's watching Fitzmagic from the sidelines. Low-key, Joy, what's your take on the 2020 rookie quarterback class through the first three weeks? 
Um, other than Justin Herbert, who I didn't expect to see out there this soon, but obviously Tyrod Taylor's uh, lung situation caused that to happen. I, I think it's gone as, pretty much as expected. I, I didn't think we would really see Jalen Hurts. Um, Tua is going to be behind Fitzpatrick until the schedule eases up a little bit or until Fitzpatrick yeah. ties together three terrible games, which is, as we know, inevitable. It's um, possible. Yeah, it's yeah. likely more than possible. <laughs> it's, <happened. laughs> it's inevitable. And that's a respect to, to Fitzpatrick. He had a nice game on Thursday night and they got the win. And, you know, he's he's playing like Ryan Fitzpatrick does, which is sometimes he's like good he and does. sometimes he's not. Yeah. And I think he's a, he's a great piece to have there for Tua, but I don't oh, expect yeah. to see Tua anytime soon. So this is this is uh this is expected. And I knew that Burrow was a capable quarterback. That's why I was telling the Dolphins to trade a half of their roster to get him. Now, look, we haven't seen Tua, so I could, you know, still be wrong about that. I still think Tua is going to be good. I just think that Burrow yeah. is ready, and obviously he is. And he's been sacked more than any other quarterback in the league so far this season, 14 times, which is absurd. So my only fear yeah. about Joe Burrow is that this is going to be an Andrew Luck type of situation. And you can't really oh, fix man. anything right now, right? Like, we knew the offensive line was going to be bad. You're not really going to be able to make that many moves to improve it in this season but you better make some significant investments in an offensive line above all else next year and protect this kid he's gonna be able to take the hits now two or three years from now that's not going to be the situation so if they even kind of play around with him next year i'm out on the whole situation like you can't really do anything to fix the offensive line now fix it in the draft fix it in free agency it should be your number one priority he oh, can't yeah. be getting sacked this much. It's absurd. And and he has shown that he is a capable quarterback. He can't be running around for his life. It's, exactly. it's absurd. Prioritize so, yeah. protection. Yeah. So overall, like, you know, I like what I saw from Justin Herbert. Didn't expect to see him this soon. But, you know, he's a developing young quarterback. I think he looks good. Thought he looks good in his debut. Find out five minutes before your the game starts, you're about to start. What more can you ask yeah. from him? So Exactly. I, I'm, I'm, so far, so good. Um, yeah, I wouldn't say I'm surprised by anything. Um, it's just it's mostly what I expected. On par, yeah. Yes. Hey, T, what's going on in the Culture Report this week? Hey, Joy. So the presidential debate is tonight, Biden versus Trump. But for me personally, and I don't need to see this to decide who I'm voting for, I'm just hoping this isn't a shit show. I need them both to, like, clearly articulate their policy plans after all, that is the point of the debate. I'm like afraid that I'm gonna seeing like Trump being immature with his responses, deflecting, taking low blows. I mean, the usual. And I just really hope that like, if he does do that, that Biden can just keep that level head, keep it cool. But at this point, I mean, nothing will surprise me with this debate. But I'll, I'll be, I'll be for sure watching. I don't know if I can watch this. I gotta be honest with you. I, I just, I, I don't know if I can watch the the deterioration of society. <laughs> I just can't. <laughs> you know, the thing about it is we know what to expect from Trump tonight, right? Because what else does he do? He's like clockwork. It's like a script, you know? So you know what you're going to get from him. What we don't know is what we're going to get from Biden, right? And that's that's the thing. Because you really can't fight what Trump does with kindness and uh, staying above it. Like, that doesn't work. You, you can't fight with bullies like that. You got to be the bigger bully. That's the only thing that works. And I, I just, I don't know if that's, if that's possible. And it's, it's a lot going on. I saw the topics for tonight, which are perfectly placed. It's going to be about COVID, um, racial relations, um, election um, acceptance, you know, what's going to happen if you lose the election, you know, are you going to leave like you're supposed to, which makes us an actual democracy? Um, you know, what else? Uh, oh, uh, taxes. Taxes, yeah. I don't know. To, to, to imagine that I pay like 10, I, I, don't, I don't even know the math, but like a whole lot more, a whole lot more than the president of the United States in taxes is really just, that alone kind of just makes my decision easy. Like, you know, mom. Either that or pass the accountant number, dog. Like, you got to share, okay? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You got to share that. You can't be stingy with that. You got to take care of the working man out here. You can't be hiding that accountant's number. Pass that along. Let me get that plug, <laughs> dog. So, yeah, I don't really know. I don't really know what's going to happen tonight, but I'm scared. And uh, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't have high hopes for feeling good about 
the direction we're going in when this is over either way. So right. I, I'm, an, I'm an independent. So really, I'm the per- I'm like the perfect candidate for this uh, debate. I mean, I think everyone knows where I stand. So it shouldn't be too difficult. But, you know, in theory, a debate should be swaying people either way. Right. Like now, obviously, we're a nation divided. So pretty much everyone's made up their mind. There is a small uh, section of our society who's not exactly sure what they want to do. I haven't met any of them, but I'm sure they're out there. Uh, I just, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm going to have to, I guess, in principle, turn it on. I just don't know how much of it I'm going to sit through. Same. Yeah, I probably won't get through all of it, but I I do want to watch. I just want to see how Biden responds to him. I'm just so curious. I, I think I already know. Trump like with his personality and and I think that when it comes to these debates I feel like his personality is weighing so heavy and it should be the policy so that's why I'm like well I mean yeah and that's what it is and that's why politics is annoying because it's really really you guys are running the country you're making decisions for all of us that affect all of our lives all of our pocketbooks all of our families' lives our futures and you're really up here uh, throwing mud at each other which is like as a society should actually be pretty embarrassing but you know people like to be entertained and politics is kind of like sports like people get a loyalty to politicians I I don't understand it because I'm just I don't I'm not a groupie in my nature so I don't understand that kind of lifestyle to like be loyal to a politician I think that's so weird like I can't even begin to articulate how weird that is to me like this is somebody who just makes decisions and like supposed to keep the country in line and like handle crisis and you're like addicted to him like he's a celebrity it's very very weird behavior to me like i don't i don't need to be that attached to the politician just do your job that's it simple <laughs> like i don't if i if i lose if the guy i vote for loses i'm good as long as that person who won does their job and keeps the country you know the economy from failing and people losing their jobs and homes and businesses and you know two hundred thousand people dying from a pandemic stuff like that you know, stuff that you were hired to do that, like, we voted you in to do, or I didn't vote, I didn't vote, but, like, people voted you in to do. So, like, that's really all I care about, and I don't understand any other mentality than that. I can't even really entertain it, but I guess people are into it, but you're absolutely right. That's not what the, that's not what the election or the debate should be about. We should be learning about what you're going to do in office, but I have very, very little hope that's what we're going to learn tonight. Oh, goodness. Okay, so next. More, de- more depressing news? Tory Lane. <laughs> I got to brace myself for this. I know, I know. Yeah, take a deep breath. Um, so Tory Lane's dropped an album. Uh, apparently, he had addressed what happened with Megan. I guess he also called out a few people that spoke on the situation. And I mean, you know, I, got, I said what I said before. I'm in full support of Megan because, again, she is the victim. Being shot is serious. So I don't really care what Tori has to say. I mean, I t- think you took all this time to be silent and then you want to redeem yourself or whatever he's trying to do by dropping an album. And I guess you didn't want to make a statement. I think that that would have probably came across a little more genuine. It's still serious matter, but I mean, it would have been more genuine if he would have just released a statement, especially when it comes to something like as serious as shooting somebody in the foot and timing. Timing is everything. So I don't like the way how he tried to profit off of this by dropping an album. This just ain't it. I feel like we have way bigger things to worry about. So I have not and will not be listening to this album. He's canceled. Canceled. Yeah. I'm not listening. I don't care about what he has to say. I don't care about this album. There ain't never been an album fire enough for me to compromise everything I believe in. Okay. It ain't that, it ain't, it just ain't that good. And look, the reality is we have to separate artists from art all the time. And in sports, many times in my career, I've had to say, okay, I don't support anything this person is as a human being but I still have to cover them and talk about them and talk about what they do for a living because that's my job. And sometimes I've been spared that by, you know, society as a collective deciding, okay, we're no longer actually going to separate art from artists. You actually done enough bad that we no longer care about what you do as an athlete or as a politician or as a, uh, you know, movie producer or as an artist. And Tory Lanez just, now, Sorry, you're not that good of an artist, first of all, if we just keep it all the way 100. Like, not affecting not affecting my life 
whatsoever not listening to that album other than just being a part of things which again I don't I'm not the kind of person that needs to be a part of things like I'm gonna be okay oh you guys did that that's cool like stop being a follower and I'm not giving him the clip like he's the number one album because everyone wanted to hear what he has to say why my guy I don't care what you gotta say did you shoot her did he shoot her did he shoot he her? did he did shoot. I don't care what you gotta say I don't care what, what is it that you could possibly say? You're going to give me an explanation for why it was okay for why you shot her? No. So what do I care? I don't care what your explanation is. And this is the problem we get into in these situations is like everyone came at Meg's head because she, she didn't call him out right away because, you know, she's trying to protect herself, trying to protect him for no reason, trying to keep her name out of the, the press associated with a bad situation. She didn't want to tell the police because, uh, hello, <laughs> I mean, are you on planet Earth right now with the rest of us? So, and then when she does talk, then she's a snitch. Okay, but she didn't do anything wrong. So what is she snitching about? So she's, but then she says, then you should have just let her stay silent then, but you didn't want that. You wanted the story. So make up your mind. And then when he comes out with the album, then you want to hear what he has to say. I don't need to hear everybody's side on everything. That's the problem. That's why these things happen because there's no consequences for bad behavior. I'm not listening to this album. I don't care. My day's been fine. Okay, I got a lot going on. I did not miss one second of not listening to his bullshit album. I don't care how good it is. And it ain't that good because, I mean, is it, has it, is it life affecting? Like, what, what, what's happening here? What is he talking about? He's just not that good. I don't care. <laughs> like, my life was fine without Tory Lanez. It's going to be fine without Tory Lanez moving forward. It's not a huge loss. Like, you can't be out here shooting people and then expecting some sort of, like, redemption tour and then you want to drop this on the day that we get the grand jury decision about Breonna Taylor? Oh, so I said there's bigger things to worry about, like timing, sir. <laughs> I, I won't have any of it. I won't. Yeah. I won't. And for everyone who's like, oh, it's a fire album, you're a hater, like, okay, I don't want to hear anything you have to say about violence anymore. Like, you have to, you got to make a decision where you stand. Everybody wants to be flip-floppy on everything. Like, I feel you. Sometimes we gotta separate art from artists. I think this is just a easy. This is an easy. Um, this is an easy, easy decision. We don't really have to go over it that much. We're not really losing that much by canceling Tory Lanez. And I'm not even not. like a cancel culture person, but you shot Meg in the foot because you got because you got in your feelings. That's why. Was she robbing you? Was she trying to kill you? Oh, because you got in your feelings. No. Yeah, I ain't it for it. After this, I'm like, Tory Lanez, who? I don't, I don't know who that is. I don't know who it is. <laughs> I don't care. It's irrelevant. Okay, so on a positive note, Yara Shahidi is going to be playing Tinkerbell uh, in the Disney's live action, Peter Pan and Wendy. I think she's the perfect person for this role. She's so beautiful, so talented. And I love Peter Pan as a kid. And I definitely enjoyed Hook. Uh, starting late Robin Williams. So I really appreciate Disney's ongoing efforts to like improve diversity. So this is a film that I am in full support of and that I will be watching. And then again, you know, Yara Shahidi and it just gives me a little extra like mm, to to support for sure. Well listen, we are uh we are a Yara stan podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so you know we're here for this. But no, I'm excited about this because I didn't even know they were doing a live action remake until she posted it. Mm -hmm. I didn't yeah. either. And I love, love the live action remakes. Now, Lion King, obviously, I was conflicted about because I just needed it to be a little more cartoony. It just was too, it, like, I felt like I was watching National Geographic. So it was like, <laughs> it was almost too good. Um, like the artistry was too good, if that makes sense. I, I needed it to feel less real. But overall, obviously, the, the album was amazing. And listen, Beyonce is queen. But I, I need them to keep a little bit of the youthfulness in these live action remakes. So I love this casting and look, Peter Pan, everyone's seen Peter Pan and we all love Hook, like you said. So I, I'm, I'm sure they're going to do an amazing job and, and I love the casting for her. I'm really excited for The Little Mermaid as well. Ooh, yes. With Hallie. Yes. But I'm saying, yeah, like, I need Hallie. them to keep the youthfulness to it. Like where Lion King lost me in the actual remake was... I'm like, there's no, like, the comedy, the kind of, like, playfulness of the original one was just gone because it was too serious. Like, it needed a little more cartooniness to it for me to, like, relate to the to the live-action remake. Obviously, this is not Lion King, so there's going to be characters, so it's, yeah. <laughs> it's a little different, <laughs> but um, I, I'm excited because I didn't even know what was happening. 
Yeah, I'm excited too. And I feel you with the, with the whole Lion King because I I love Seth Rogen, so I could be a little biased. But when when he when he was Pumbaa, like that was honestly the best for me. Like I that's how I really started to enjoy Lion King because he added that comedy that I feel like it needed. Yeah. But yeah, just. But again, I mean, I grew up on the cartoon version, so I'm always going to think the cartoon is better than these live action. So and he was great, but think about it. Like, that was kind of the first time in the, Lion, in the Lion King remake that you had some comedy, whereas in the cartoon, it was off to jump. Like, Rafiki was hilarious. The hyenas <laughs> were hilarious. Do it again. You know, like, they, they were funny. So, like, you need that. It's a Disney movie. You need to laugh. You need to cry. You need to fall in love. You need to have unrealistic expectations of your future partner. Like, that's how these Disney movies go. We need all that. I was mm-hmm. watching Beauty and the Beast the other night, and I was like, man, you know what? All of society's problems can be, uh, can be <laughs> like, whittled down to how we were raised on Disney movies. I'm watching this movie like, that is not how it is. You are not falling in love with this beast man who has taken uh, captive <laughs> in this big ass castle with these talking things. Like, no. Why do we? I mean, I love Beauty and the Beast. I watch it like once a month. But no. Well, like this is. I mean, I guess you can't ruin kids, but like that's a whole other philosoph- philosophical discussion. I just feel like I'm glad that uh, Tiana and uh, Princess and the Frog was accurate. Because she was playing no games. Yes. She was not about to mess up on her career for this man. <laughs> Which is reality. So, <laughs> right. Especially with, especially with our generation. Yeah. That's reality. No, we are not messing up no careers. Calm down. Right. You better come on. You're going to get left. Yes. <laughs> okay. So um, so Savage Fenty, they're broadening their horizon. They're going to have their first uh, collection of menswear and loungewear. I love Rihanna. Nothing she does surprises me. I feel like she is the epitome of a true businesswoman. I'm just so here for it. I'm definitely excited about this line because I will be shopping October 2nd for myself. So, because I, I I don't know why I love like buying men's like sleepwear, just like a loungewear. I do. So, oh, you're gonna I'm buy the me. men's loungewear for yourself. For oh, myself, yeah. interesting. I love so, I love men's like boxers and tees. So, oh, I hate yeah. boxers. <laughs> I hate boxers. They are not comfortable to me. The the wide legs, like it's too. Mm-mm. For shorts, like the t-shirts, obviously I live my life in t-shirts and sweatpants and hoodies. So that part I get, but not the boxers. You're a boxer girl. Well, well briefs, but yeah. Interesting. Like yeah. Hmm. Well, like I mean, I'm, I guess I'm a, I'm a boy short girl, but like that's, that's, that's a different cut. Because you still get the cheeks. <laughs> you know? <laughs> the briefs are a bit longer. Thanks so much for joining us this week on the Maybe I'm Crazy podcast. Make sure you go and subscribe on YouTube. You can listen to the podcast anywhere you listen to podcasts on Spotify, SoundCloud, iHeartMedia, or Apple Podcasts. And um, make sure you follow me on Twitter, Joy Taylor Talks, and all of our social media pages at Maybe I'm Crazy Pod. And we will catch you next week. Maybe I'm crazy, maybe I'm not. Ooh.